past week I ran across the name Hetty Green. I don't know if you're familiar with that name or her story. You'll see her picture there on the screen in front of you. If you've never heard of her, she's an interesting character to say the least. Greg Laurie tells about her in his devotional book, Every Day with Jesus. He said that Hetty Green was known as America's greatest miser, but she was worth a lot of money. When she died in 1916, I mean, that's a long time ago, 1916, uh, her estate was valued at somewhere between 100 and $200 million. Well, that's a lot of money uh, today, but it was especially a lot of money back in 1916, 100 to $200 What's amazing about Hetty Green, though, is that she lived as though she were poverty-stricken. Um, she would eat cold oatmeal every day so she could save money on heating it up. She would just eat it cold. She debated the value of whole milk versus skim milk and the amount of money she could save if she went with the skim milk. In fact, it was so bad in her life that her son developed a leg injury and Hetty spent so long looking for a free clinic to treat him that actually infection set in and uh, he had to have his leg amputated uh, because of it. She even hastened her own death Uh, because she would not take care of herself. Uh, In fact, she lived like a pauper, when in reality she was a multi-millionaire. When I read Hetty's story, when I thought about that, I mean, imagine having $100 to $200 million, I mean, millions of dollars, and yet you will not heat up oatmeal and and make matters worse, you even let your child lose a limb uh, because you can't find a free clinic fast enough. I, I felt sorry for her. I really did. To be so rich, but to be in reality so poor, to value money above everything else, even her very own life. But sadder still, as I thought about it, is the fact that many Christians, I would dare say even most Christians, live just like Hetty Green. Now, I'm not talking about eating cold oatmeal and drinking skim milk. I mean, as a Christian... They have abundant resources, abundant riches. If you're a Christian, you do today. And yet to live as if we are poverty stricken. If you're a Christian today, do you really know who you are? Do you really know what you have in Jesus Christ? We're talking today about identity. Identity. Who you are. Identity is something that a lot of people struggle with. In our culture especially, if you haven't already noticed, people struggle a great deal with identity. They're not sure what gender they are. They're not sure what persuasion they are. They're not sure about a lot of things. And they're searching and they're grasping to figure out who they are and what their purpose is and and what they're all about. But sad still that a Christian would struggle with their identity. Today we're going to be embarking on a new series and it's a new series that we're simply calling Identity. And the tagline is Finding and Living Out Who You Truly Are. And this series is going to take us through uh, the first three chapters in the book of Ephesians. The first three chapters in the book of Ephesians. I'm hoping I can get through the material today. And if we get long, and I know we've got uh, baptisms today, I may have to put a kind of a bookmark in today's message And uh, we'll come back to it next time. But we'll get as far as we can today. All right? You've got your Bibles. If you open to Ephesians, and I want to read the first 14 verses to kind of get us started. 
as we think about these things together today. Ephesians chapter 1, I'll begin reading at verse number 1, read the first 14 verses, and we'll cover as much ground as we can, because I want to leave some time, obviously, today uh, to baptize these young men and women. Ephesians 1, beginning at verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Let me just tell you why. Stop for a moment. As I read, I want you to look for these phrases. I want you to look for the phrase, in Christ, or the phrase, in Him. Alright? So as I read, look for this, this phrase, in Christ or in Him. So let's start over again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. What a passage. What a rich treasure. In fact, I feel a bit overwhelmed, even intimidated, when I look at the rich treasure that's mentioned in those 14 verses and realize it's my job to try to help all of us to understand what he's saying here. The key verse to this section of Ephesians, Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, is the third verse, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, now watch this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And as we go along in our study, we're going to see what some of those spiritual blessings are all about. Now, I must let you know that these blessings we're talking about, they're for believers. They're for those who are in Him, those who are in Christ and have Christ in them. And so, if you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that's the starting point. The Bible says everybody's sinned, everybody's messed up, I've messed up, you've messed up, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today, you can have new life if you'll give your life to Christ, and I encourage you to do that. Now, for those that are in Him, that are in Christ, you remember the song we sometimes sing? It goes like this, count your blessings, name them one by one. And one part of that song says, and it will surprise us 
what the Lord has done. So that's what I want to do with this passage. I want to count our blessings. And I can tell by the clock and what's on the uh, agenda today, we're not going to get through all of these. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to go through and I want to list out these spiritual blessings. I want to talk about what they are all about, what they mean. And then I want us to praise the Lord for these spiritual blessings. Now, remember I told you to watch out for that phrase, in Christ or in Him. And the reason why is because we see it over and over again. And the reason why is because all of these blessings are in Christ, in the heavenly places. They're ours because of Christ. They're in Christ. And if we're in Christ, we have these. If Christ is in us, we have these. So quickly, I want to give you eight blessings. We'll see if we'll get through or not. But eight blessings. You've already said you aren't going to get through. Well, that's okay. I'm going to give you as many as I can today. Are you ready for eight blessings that we have that are ours if we're a Christian? And by the way, you may not realize it, you are filthy rich in spiritual blessings. So I don't want anybody to live like Hetty Green. I want us to live up to our possession, our inheritance. And the first blessing we find here is this. He chose us. He chose us. You know, one of the fears that you may have had growing up, and maybe some of you are still at this point in your life, is one of your fears is when it came time to pick teams. Some of you have to think back a Sorry, a long time. All right, you're on the playground in school. Others, it may have been this past week. But you're there, you remember how it worked? Two of the cool kids would get picked as captains. And they're there like, yeah, 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 all right. It's time to pick. Who's going to pick first? You pick first. Or they'd battle it out who's going to pick first. And there you were. (laughs) And your biggest fear was what? I hope I don't get chosen where? Last. So there you are sweating. They pick the good player. He picks a good player. And then he picks her because he likes her. And, and then he picks somebody else. And you're still there. And you're just hoping and praying, I hope I don't get chosen last. Why? Because we want to be accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted. We want to get chosen. And the reality of it is, is we may not even be chosen in the beginning, but as long as we're not chosen last. But you know what? Somebody had to be chosen last. And that's not a good feeling. But i got good news for you, regardless of where you may have been in that lineup on the playground. You want to be chosen? You want to be wanted? Well, can I just give you some encouraging news? You were chosen by God. I want you to see it in the Scripture. Look at verse 4. Just as He chose us, God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, now I've got to tell you, He didn't choose us because we were good. And He didn't choose us because we were worthy. And He didn't choose us because there was really something about us. No, He chose us all in His grace. And to make it even more exciting, I want you to notice when He chose you. Did you notice it says that you were chosen before the foundation of the world. He chose you before you were ever born. He chose you before there was even a world in order to which be born into. Before the foundation of the world, He chose you, Christian, in Christ. Now, some people get all worked up about this idea of God choosing. In theological terms, it's called election. And the truth of the matter is that God's Word, it teaches election. It teaches that God chooses us. But it also teaches human responsibility. 
In fact, the Bible is very clear in various passages that to come to Christ, God chooses us, but we also have to choose Him. In other words, He works in our hearts and lives and He puts within us a desire and awareness that we indeed need Christ. But the Bible says that we're responsible to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so some people really get all bent out of shape and say, well, I don't understand the election. I don't understand how God chose us. And then, and then we still have to believe. Well, listen, we don't have to understand it. We accept it by faith. God understands it. And God's Word teaches that He's sovereign and He chooses us. And God's Word says, listen, you also have to believe. The Bible teaches both of those things. We don't have to reconcile those things. You know why? Because they're not at odds. They're friends. And it reminds us the reason we can understand it is because it's greater than our understanding. God's thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts and His ways than our ways. And so we accept by faith. We understand because, listen... God worked in your heart, in your life. He chose you. He drew you to Himself. The Holy Spirit worked in your life, Christian. And He brought you to the point where you said yes to Jesus. He chose us. But I want you to notice today what He chose us to. Notice it says there in verse 4, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, which is mind-blowing, but notice what it says, that, Here's why. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. We're chosen to be holy. We're chosen to be blameless before Him. Now here's where a lot of people go askew. A lot of people think that salvation is just fire insurance. They think salvation is just a get-out-of-hell-free card. Remember Monopoly? You would play and you go around and it's time to draw and you get that get-out-of-jail-free card and you tuck that thing away. So when you got into jail, you say, hey, i got a card for that. And you get out and you can cross around and go around again and collect $200. Well, I want you to know salvation's more than a get-out-of-hell-free card. In fact, it says here that salvation, we were chosen in Christ for the foundation of the world, that we'd be holy and blameless before Him in love. In other words, you started out on a journey in your Christian life. And salvation is the beginning part. And praise be to God, it is a get-out-of-hell card. We don't have to go to hell. By the way, hell was created for the devil and his, his cohorts. And, and, and Jesus, the Bible says very clearly that they don't want, the Father wants no one to go to that place. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He desires for people to be saved. But those who choose not to trust Jesus, that's where they end up. But if you choose Christ, you are delivered from that. But it's so much more than that. It's a life of sanctification. It's a life of holiness. It's a life of growing. Now here's where it gets interesting, and we're almost out of time. It's this. Notice we talked about in Him, in the heavenly places. Let me just show this to you. We'll come back to it next week. Did you notice in verse number 2, or excuse me, verse number 1, it says, to the saints who are in, in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Did you notice that? They're in Ephesus. That's where they were locally, physically, but they were also in Christ, and Christ is in the heavenlies. That's true of you and me as well. Today, if you're a believer, you're in, you can insert your town. We'll just say Ansonville today. We would say to the believers in Ansonville and the faithful in Christ Jesus who's in the heavenlies. 
The reason we struggle so much is because we're in both of those places at the same time. Right now, practically speaking, we're in Ansonville. According to the U.S. Postal Service, we're in Polkton, North Carolina. We're the saints in Polkton, North Carolina. But at the same time, we are in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies. And in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, we're perfect in Christ. Perfectly holy, perfectly blameless. Why? Because Christ gives us His righteousness. We're in Him. When the Father looks at us, He sees us in Christ. What in Christ credits to our account? His righteousness. He takes away our sin. But on a practical note, here's where we struggle. We're still in Ansonville. <laughs> we're still in Ansonville. And we're still working those things out. And it's called a big term, sanctification. $20 word simply means growing, becoming more like Jesus, becoming more holy, becoming more blameless, becoming more like Christ. And that's just the first of many blessings because you, child of God, are rich. In fact, did you notice what it said? We're going to close with this. We didn't get through to number two. It's okay. Look at what it says in verse number 3. Here's the key. Let me just say this before I read it. We are not to swell up with pride because of all of our blessings. We're to swell up with praise because all of them are only because of Christ. But I want you to notice what you've got. This should tickle you. An old Tennessee preacher said, this doesn't this light your fire, your wood's wet. All right? Look at it again, verse 3. Here's the praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Who's blessed us with, what does it say? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Say, preacher, what do I do with this? Do what it says do. Bless Him. When it says to bless God, it means to praise Him, to adore Him, to magnify Him. That's what we're going to do today. We've been doing it the whole service. Singing praises to Him. You are worthy. You are my all in all. Worthy is the name of Jesus. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. God will take care of us. You're worthy of worship. You're worthy of praise. Why? Because we've been blessed in Christ. So remember, you have dual citizenship, if you will. Yeah, you're a citizen here. But greater yet, you are a citizen of heaven. And at the very same time today, you're in Ansonville and you're in Christ. And because you're in Christ and Christ is in you, you are filthy, filthy rich in spiritual blessings in Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, in Your sovereign will, You wanted us just to talk about that one item today. We give You glory. We give You praise. Thank You for choosing us. We know it wasn't anything about us. It wasn't anything we did. We were dead in our sins. We were wretched, vile sinners. But You in Your grace and mercy and love, You reached down and You touched us and You saved us. Father, help us to live up to all that we have. Help us to understand these spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. Help us to rejoice. Help us to praise You. Help us to worship You in spirit and in truth. Father, we love You. 
And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.